This is Canon Side Chats. Ave, and welcome back to Canon Side Chats, everyone. Today you're going to be with myself, Q, and our friend AFC Bex. AFC Bex, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Glad to be back. Happy to be here. It's been a four-month drought, but we're back in action. Live after what can be described as a roller coaster full of a season, if I do say so myself. Um, Bex, how are we feeling? Do we meet, exceed expectations, fail? Is fifth acceptable? Uh, it's definitely acceptable to me. I think going into the season, uh, fifth was probably what I was hoping for. I don't think I expected top four at all. Um, so I would definitely take fifth had you told me at the beginning of the season. Fourth was there for the taking, but you can't have it all. We grew a lot this season. I think I think fifth is okay. What do you think? Just okay? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say we had the best season. Could have been better. It had a chance to be better, but am I accepting of fifth? Absolutely. From where I thought we, from where we started this season, the transfers that were coming in three games into the season, like losing those first three games, I think fifth is fifth is definitely acceptable, and definitely some progress has been made. So, no, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, is it acceptable? Obviously, I'm disappointed having fourth put into our laps in the last few months of the season and not being able to you know, get a firm grasp on it. But I'm also really appreciative and proud of the team and the season that they did put together regardless. Uh, eight to fifth is progress, so we definitely have progressed on that front. That's undeniable. Um yeah, but not only on the table, but just the quality of football that has been put out on the field. We're not playing the U formation, passing around the back, out the other wing, back and around the back, out the other wing. You know, we're actually creating some chances. We're not crossing into five foot six players anymore. Um, yeah, I've just, I think that the season was promising and. We're, we're an entertaining side to watch again, which is progress within itself. So, At the beginning of the season, I would have taken fifth. I can't deny that. So, Yeah, I agree. And actually, to your point about the U-shape thing, too, I saw a stat um, probably like right after the Everton game that was our, um, our statistical spread in the final third attack, basically from last year to this year. Um, I think last year, our middle third in the attack, our usage was like 20% or something. And this year it was high 30, 40, I think. Yeah, and it just goes to show. Like, I almost expected it to be all probably about 40 down Saka's right side. Yeah, and then evenly yeah. split across the mix. But it's like 35, 34, 33, all the way across, which is really nice to see encouraging yeah i agree i think in large part that's due to odegaard but i'm sure we'll discuss that 
So are you still a te- Arteta out? Or am I still? <laughs> I don't think I was ever. But um no, I, I mean I think I think this is we've talked about it numerous times trying to gauge what where he would need to finish for people to not say Arteta out um and I think I think fifth was a consensus where he'd be okay and I'm definitely okay with that like we just highlighted tons of there has been tons of signs that progress has been made in various positions and I think if if we just had a little more depth with them which I'm sure they're gonna build this summer we could have easily finished fourth I mean, if we're not playing Nuno at left back and Cedric at right back for the last however many games, then I think I don't think we slip up and lose all those points. Yeah, I agree. And progression, we've talked about it. I mean, we picked up four wins from last season, I believe. We, from draws, lost the same amount of games, which is unfortunate. You're never going to do any real damage or threat in the top four when you're losing double-digit games. It just just can't happen. Um, and I'm, we have all the talk about the, the increase in the amount of goals, even though it seems we're a better defensive side. I think that is a product of, one, the league being even deeper than it was last year, and two the top defense not playing most of the time, a majority of the time. I think they only started 10 games together. So I think that is a marked. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you something? All right. So with, with our expectations at the beginning of the season, fifth being acceptable for that, what do you do we have to have top four next season without knowing anything else you don't know our transfers yet but do you think the progress has to be fit fourth next season to keep this going or i guess for him to for arteta to continue with the project for arteta or the club or what i mean i guess it has to be for Arteta, but I guess what would your expectation be for next season? I I guess that's my expectation would that would be that the club sees this as a stepping stone to the Champions League. I would expect him to pursue the Champions League with the signings, with their handling of Mark Mikel Arteta. I think that if we have the same exact start that we had last season, he's probably on way thinner ice than he was last season, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have had two heavily invested transfer windows. Um, so I agree with that. I mean, I think I think top four has to be your target next season. I think it probably, by the end of this season, was almost your target this season. So I think it has to be your target for next season, and especially when your rival is who got it this season in Tottenham. I think it could be more challenging because Tottenham's going to invest United's going to invest and they have Ten Hag now. So I think I think it's a tougher battle from here looking at next season, but obviously teams could fall apart like you know I would be worried so. about Arteta 
with the Champions League milestone, I don't know, goal, I would be more worried about the players we would lose. Not not even the players we won't get, but the players who will hold out on their deals because we're not there and they're so worthy of being in it individually. So I don't think yeah. that's Arteta. They don't even worry about that. They don't even worry about the Sakas. Worry about the Smith Rows who are coming down to the final years, haven't signed yet, and them being you know lured off by Chelsea's, City's, Liverpool's teams who are going to have to rebuild in the next three or four years, um, and Sokka's brilliant player to do that around. I would hope that that would be at Arsenal. Yeah. And I think in order to ensure that, you have to be going into. Yeah. Okay. Can I piggyback that question real quick? And I don't know if you wanted to discuss this at some point anyway, but is it even towards the end of the season, we had people saying Arteta needs to go. One of the reasons is Arsenal should be challenging for titles. Is it even realistic <laughs> for us to really have the expectation that we should be challenging for titles at this point? Uh, is there a window where we should? Is that is it is it a small club mentality to acknowledge how much money Chelsea, Man City, Man United have, and in recent years how good Liverpool's been run? I mean, that's just nonsense, dude. I think about how. Well, Liverpool's been run. I mean, I'm not going to sit back and act like they're not a great team. But Jurgen Klopp's won two titles in like eight years at Liverpool. And I get that he's made it to finals, but Arsenal's been in the Europa League final in the last five years. Three years, to be exact. And bottled it. So I don't know why where the correlation is there. I um, yeah I don't I don't I think that's nonsense. Obviously it's a it's more so there you you're not gonna be like lesser and just went out of nowhere. There's a reason why that doesn't happen. So I don't think that can be a realistic goal. Obviously you strive for it at the beginning of every season, but I don't think you can start the year realistically as a club, not the players or the manager, but as a club, as a fan base expecting to win the title every year at this point. And we see that all these financial outlays from other clubs aren't sustainable. So do I want Arsenal to fall into that and not be financially responsible? No. I think there is an efficient way to build the squad that can our challenge for titles that doesn't include taking on massive debt or being bought out by an energy company. So, <laughs> yeah, let's just take it slow. Yeah, I think I would agree. And I mean, Liverpool's your example. Liver Liverpool's your example. I mean, they've done it for a couple of years, or at least been in contention, and they got there from basically building their squad in a efficient manner after they sold a high profile player not saying that we'll need to do that um they're showing some they showed some financial give last year and hopefully some more this year and maybe you can build a squad efficiently to be up there but 
I guess more so just the money that some of the other clubs have to throw at players uh, makes me a little worried because who knows what Newcastle could end up doing now that they've got all that money too. And it's just, I think it's going to be a lot harder to be in that, even in the top four every year now going forward, because I just think there's so much money in the premier league that it's, it's going to be heated. And, and if, if it comes down to, I mean, it doesn't really come down to it, but I think at, at a certain point in the future or starting next year, really top four does kind of become a trophy because of how competitive it's going to be year after year. And you have to look at that and acknowledge that for what it is, because champions league is going to mean a ton to us every year. As you just said, it'll keep us from losing players like soccer in the future. We don't want to be going up and down, up and down, up and down. So, yeah, I, I think top four is definitely something you just, that's kind of, you still try and build for a trophy, but you just have to acknowledge that some of these clubs are going to way outweigh you. Yeah, and you talk about up, hand. down, up, down. I'm perfectly content on the stable for third, potentially contending. More so than winning, going sixth, going eighth, winning, going fifth, just because of the the economic and financial uncertainty that brings is not not healthy. Yeah, you'll win, go fifth, spend a hundred million dollars on Romelu Lukaku, let him ride the bench whole season. I guess at least you yeah. finished third. Well, anyway. On to our season. What are some things you like? Let's keep it positive from the start. What are some things I like? I like Martin Odegaard. That is what I like. Um, I really like how we integrated some of our new transfers into the team. Um, Ben White was great. Tomiyasu was fantastic when he was on the field. Hopefully this was his adaptation season and he can uh, get some injury resilience going forward. Martin Odegaard was exactly what we needed in our to, as a creative force. Um, and he really changed our attack in a big way. Saka was able to really break out with his influence right next to him the whole time and you found a player who can potentially be your captain going forward and the price we paid for them for him is absolutely incredible at this point one season on from when we bought him um i also really liked ramsdale and what he did for the team sorry just went through all the transfers but <laughs> basically but uh I love what the transfers did to the team, and that's a very good foundation, I think, for going into next season. So I really like those moves. And then I would probably have to say I really liked, obviously, Bukayo Saka. <laughs> uh, and just what he, what he meant for the team. Exactly what you're talking about, being in Champions League, trying to keep a player like that. You have to, because you, everybody in the world can see his talent. And... Um, we saw it last year. We knew he was going to be special, but it was it's just crazy how to actually see him just blossom into like a superstar. Uh, so 
you add a couple more pieces around him, you get a forward who can score, and I think he'll be putting up ridiculous numbers and hopefully carrying us to the Champions League. Yeah, I couldn't agree more about Odegaard. He's been incredible. Definitely one thing I've liked. Uh, another thing that some might be very surprised to hear, but I found the redemption arc of Granit Xhaka to be quite likable as well. That's one thing that I can take from this in all walks of life is that no matter how much you hate someone and you might be despising, you know, walking by them and might you might see them at the grocery store. For me, I felt that way looking at Grand Shaka's name on the team sheet at the beginning of the year, last season. And just throughout the year, I've become more and more accustomed to to him. I like him more. I thought what he said in that presser after it was at Newcastle um, was really admirable. Yeah. I thought his banger against Everton was sick. I mean, I, I've just, I'm not full on Jaka fan train right now, but I like that I've been able to come around to him. Uh, nah. Yeah. But we're keeping... <laughs> oh, You're down whoa. to keep him? You're down whoa. to keep him? <laughs> I just like that I don't absolutely hate him now. You know, I'm not seething when I see a picture of him on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, fans were booing him. Now he's getting applause. He's almost undroppable. It is nice to see. I like that he's been able to salvage that. And I won't have such terrible memories of Grand Shaka's time at Arsenal now. But on the whole, uh, the most important thing that I think I like about this season is that. This team's just been so easy to get behind. Everyone on the field, on the in the club, seems like likable personality. They all play hard for the badge. There's never been a question of effort, really, aside from maybe a bombing. But that's in the past now. Um, They play attractive football. As I said before, it's more enjoyable to watch than some of the teams in recent past. Uh, There's there was progress throughout the year. You could, there was also an even higher level that you can see and that there's been glimpses of. So I like that, obviously. Um, and yeah, I think that about sums it up. Yeah, just atmosphere. a better overall atmosphere. Hearing you talk about that, yeah. I mean, having, I mean, I know other people have brought it up, but that having fans back has been crazy and watching our fans with our team has been awesome. And I think some of the personalities that have really come out because of fan interactions, like all Ramsdale stuff that he's doing in goal and then his celebrations after our goals, him interacting podcast opposition fans. Um, What's the, yeah. Yeah. It's just been, it's been cool to see. And then we're gonna have the documentary, and it's like, it's like we fans weren't there, and no one, no one was really close to the game for the whole COVID period. And then we come back, and it's like we have like all this in depth behind the scenes, and it's like the closest connection we've had with the players and the team in forever. And it, it, it was, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's really cool to see things translate from the fans to the players. All right, let's get the negatives out of the way now. 
What about what are some things you didn't like? Oh, uh, the whole season um, of the whole season, I should say. Uh, I I started the last one with transfers. One of the things I I think we didn't handle some of our uh, transfers the best outgoings. Um, some of them were necessary, but some of them definitely could have helped the sh- steady the ship a little. And I know there was extenuating circumstances on almost all of them, <laughs> but I think some of the transfers that we had in January, uh, I was not a fi- fan of um, just because it left us short. And in the end, it really does leave us short. Wasn't thrilled about our injuries. <laughs> And it's kind of tough to see Tierney be out for such a long time again. Um, I just saw news that his injury actually came from him working out or something in the after he came back from international duty, but didn't like that he plays every single minute of his international duty too and then comes back and immediately gets hurt. Um, I don't know. You help me out. out. Yeah, get the brain fired up. All right. One thing I did not like, it's going to seem obvious, I know, but a lack of cup runs. You just can't get knocked out to Nottingham Forest. And I know there are extenuating circumstances there. And you have players like Charlie Patino starting. Um, But that just limits the game time of so many players that need to be playing. And I guess we had a nice decent run in the league league cup, but you just need, we just needed games for some players and we couldn't give them that because we couldn't get a performance done against a now promoted side. So that's one. Another one, obviously you mentioned is our, transfers or also our lack of transfers in January I find almost all the business completely befuddling and I really think that it probably cost us on three or four points that we could have gotten in the second half of the season on maybe even just keeping one or two of the players not even bringing anyone in Um, and before I get into the last one, I will say the most infuriating thing about this season was the inability for both the players and the coach to turn an early deficit or just going behind in general around whatsoever. It's almost depressing when your team gets scored on and you might as well turn off the TV then because that's it. There's barely, barely anything coming back. And I know part of that is a lack of depth on the bench offensively, even though you've got your record signing sitting there. Doesn't get on as frequently as your record signing should get on. Um, but even tactically, there's very little f- changes. I don't know fluctuations everything's so rigid with Mikel 
you know, he micromanages moving players in and out. And when you have to go from one system to another in game because of, oh, I don't know, we got the most red cards in the season or, oh, we go down or they, the other opposition makes an adjustment. I don't know how, I mean, I mean, I'm not the coach, so I don't have to, I'm not getting paid for it, but you have to be able to make adjustments in game. And I think that's something that he is still, still mastering and, and learning how to do. Um, and then final, final, this might segue into a whole nother discussion. But the final thing I disliked about this Premier League season was just the vast inconsistencies in refing and officiating. Oh, it's horrendous. I mean, you watch you watch Leicester versus City and there's a call on there that is a no call and then it gets barred and then they give a card and a pin and then you the same shit happens on Bukayo Saka in the box a day later and the ref gives him a card. You know, that didn't actually happen, but just all hypothetical. But that kind of stuff's happening week in, week out. And it's the fact that I don't think anyone in the PGML can really agree on what's a foul, what's a penalty, what's a handball, what simulation. And so... It's all dependent on who is refing that day, who is on VAR that day, and how is the player supposed to, to take that into account as well? You know, you're taught to go out there and tackle hard, and then with one ref, it's a red card. With one ref, it's play on. That's perfectly clean. So that is one thing that it's not Arsenal-based. That's just one thing that the Premier League has to fix because it's ruining players' experience fan experience everyone yeah and they're they're just all over the place when when they do choose to call some things as you mentioned but i mean a couple things come to mind Saka getting absolutely drop kicked uh after winning a, the ball yeah ball's yeah. gone ball's gone yeah there's just, just no Kicks him right in the back of the leg. Um, ball's not even close. But the, the one of the things that pisses me off more than anything is foul throwing calls that happen only against us. Only yeah, they're against consistent. us. They happen only against us. They happen every weekend. Every game. Every game. They, they're in every. I I bet a hazard. There's at least one in every game, but they're only called against Arsenal. Only called against yeah. Arsenal. The one that I sent you a picture of it on the phone in that uh, I forgot which game it was. Um, but the guy absolutely. It might have been Dine. Yeah, he's a left back on the throw in yeah, one foot, foot off on the, the ground yeah, on the field, <laughs> and it leads to a goal, and that doesn't get fired. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's so I'm right there with you. They're all over the place. Uh, I'll I'm definitely glad to see a few of them gone. There's a couple more that could probably join them, and I'd be all right with. And it's not even just VAR. VAR is a whole different story. We know VAR is broken. We mentioned that there's no VAR officials at the World Cup, 
surprise, shocker. But just, and this is going to sound Arsenal biased as well, but thinking back to that Newcastle game, the two Brazilians in the midfield got to run rampant, rack up like four or five fouls apiece. They don't get carded until 87th minute. One of our midfielders goes in for one challenge, card straight away. It's like, that's the first foul. And it's not even breaking yeah. anything up. They've broken like three counterattacks up already. Like, yeah. I feel like all other teams get to run through fouls before accumulating yellows. And Arsenal, it's first foul. Oh, you need to see. You need to settle down. I don't. I don't get that either. Arsenal. Arsenal uh, highlights are used as the training videos for referees for the PGM law. So, so they have a natural bias when they see something. They're like, "Oh, I've seen that jersey do that before. That's definitely a That's foul." That's a foul. Yeah. All right. Anyway, on lighter pastures, greener pastures. What about season awards? We'll have to do another one of these with Sam so he can get his. It's saying, but how about player of the year? Who would you give your player of the year to? Easy money. Boom. Cut. Yo. I've already drooled over him quite a bit, but uh, just the dude makes things happen. Something out of nothing drives forward. Always, always. Rearing, rearing to go at a guy um, really takes on a big responsibility for this team as an outlet and just here, here's the ball, do something with it. And he stepped up big time this year. And I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I hope he trains his finishing a lot this off season and he just absolutely explodes next season. Plus he played yeah. in every game in the premier league. At 20 years old. That's insane. That's insane. He needs to be protected because he gets fouled way too much. And I think the team did a good job of doing that, helping him out with that this year. Whenever he got fouled pretty hard, they'd step in or someone would try and fight someone <laughs> or make it look like they were trying to. But that, that, that needs to be talked about because he, he needs to be protected like, some other players that are out there getting protected and he's about to pop off for England. So definitely protect him. Yeah, I agree. This was a big season for Saka coming off the back of the missed penalty in the Euro fans chanting, you let your country down everywhere we go. So racial abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. I think, the most impressive aspect of Bukayo Saka's gameplay is just his bravery in general. Talking about missing the penalty. Doesn't phase him a bit. Still runs at defenders. Still puts in a shift every game. Talk about, yeah, he literally played in every single Premier League game. That's insane. But yeah, just always going at people. Never never afraid to take someone on one-on-one. Never afraid to let a shot go when we need it. Yeah, I think just the bravery of that he showed and just to shoulder a team. I mean, leading goal scorer and assist maker. Yeah, uh, incredible season. 
uh, needs to be locked up on a long-term deal as soon as possible. He needs that, like, Declan Rice length. It wasn't his oh, contract, yeah. like, seven yeah, years? Seven <laughs> years, yeah. Just sign him until his mid-30s. He'll still have value at 32. Shit, seven years now takes him to his prime. All right, what about signing of the year? We'll do that. Hmm. Second. <laughs> Um. Well, you already know mine on this too. I kind of drilled it for him earlier. No, no, Aaron trusts you. Okay, he doesn't count. Shit. All right. Well, no, Matt Turner. You're gonna have to go ahead first, then. <laughs> no, Matt Turner. <laughs> uh, mine's Martin Odegaard. Very easy. Um, for me, I really like what the personality that Aaron. Ramsdale brought to the team and he kind of took over that first half of the season. Uh, it was fun to watch him do that, but Martin Odegaard, the partnership he formed with Saka is great. It really helped Saka out and some of the movements between those two. Oh my word. They got me going big time and uh, can't wait uh, to we'll see. We'll get into that. Can't wait to see those two do some more of that and hopefully have a center forward to pass the ball to afterwards. So, yeah, it's like we said, statistically, like 20% of our attack shifted to the attack uh, to the middle third, middle attacking third. And that's, that's large part because of Martin Odegaard and what he's been able to do. He's silky on the ball. Excellent transfer. And he's my signing of the season. Yep. Gonna have to ditto that one. Same. Martin Odegaard, as you mentioned, nailed on starter when he's fit. Offense runs through him. He runs the press. He orchestrates the press. He took on the armband when Lacazette got dropped. You see him out there settling people like Xhaka down. Didn't even think that was possible. And now (laughs) the Norwegians out there doing it. But seven goals, four assists. The assist is slightly under, underwhelming when you think about how creative a force we've seemed to imagine him being. But the assist number doesn't take into account all the moves that start because of him, which we'll get into that as well in the next segment too. But also, his expected assist is closer to seven than four. So with a little extra help other than someone like Lacazette up top. I think there's real potential to get double digits there. And yeah, seven goals from center center of the park's not too bad. So I will take that for sure. Alright. Here's my most excited one. Goal of the year. This one's been this one's by far the most difficult because there are some absolute bangers. Would you like to say, share yours first? Well, uh, I, I need I need to think about it for a second. Should we enter some music? What do you think? I've got a whole list of I'm nominees. Not, I'm not prepared for. Um, I'm thinking like Martin Odegaard free kick. Against Burnley? Yeah. Okay. Um, that, that's an important one. 1-0 win. 
banger free kick off the top of the box. Uh, okay, I'll I got. Run I'll, I got I'll, I'll say. I'll say two. I'll say two. Is it the, are those Odegaard and? Um, uh, uh, ESR against. Um, was it Brentford? No, didn't he make a like a long run against one of them and slide it at home? I can't remember who it's against. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe. Okay. I'll go through mine and maybe it'll ignite something in you. Yeah, that's fine. I suppose I'll go through my honorable mentions first. Number one, Sokka versus West Brom. Comes from Sokka on the left, plays the ball into Odegaard, who just L flicks it behind his leg into space. All but lets it go because he's off and Sokka buries it. Just a telling sign of what was to come from them too. Yeah, I watched that goal like a hundred times. Smith Rowe versus Spurs, where Sokka gets in down the wing and slides it across and Spurs are just frozen. So- Smith Rowe passes it into the net. Celebrations ensue in the corner. It's awesome. Go watch it if you haven't. It gives me chills. Also, another honorable mention, Gabriel, 180 no-scope, header against Leicester. <laughs> Banger of a goal. Also, Smith Rowe's goal on that. It's not very flashy or pretty, but he just gets a rebound that he side-foots from the top of the box through, like, four defenders. Casper Schmeichel's reaction just says it all. It just falls down. Just a really pretty strike. You're going to notice a common theme here, too. Uh, Smith Rowe versus United with the hail laying on the floor. <laughs> you just yeah, got to love yeah, that yeah, goal. Yeah. You just got to love that goal. Absolutely. It's just comical. Uh, another. Smith Rowe versus Leeds. It's the third goal of the game. Odegaard gets the ball in the middle box. Smith Rowe darts through the middle, and Odegaard just double taps Y. Just dinks it over the defense. Smith Rowe one-time volley. Yeah. Nice. Uh, this one probably would be my favorite goal if it were in a Premier League game. But since it's against Sunderland, I can't give it. But Odegaard gets the ball in the middle of the field, plays an absolute dime in between the gap to put Pepe on the inline, basically. Pepe squares up the defender, megs him, and plays in a low cross that Enketia just back heels into the back of the net. If that's on any Premier League team, I'm giving it, but it's Sunderland, like I said. Uh, Saka on New Year's Day versus City. If this was a draw, I would give it because Tierney just walks down, acts like he's going to shot, and just cool as day, plays that ball to Saka, who just passes it in. If we had drawn this game 1-1 on the red card, I'd give it goal of season but yeah don't want to talk about that another one Odegaard one two flick with Saka that Odegaard finishes it just reminds me of something Ozu will do he's coming in off the left flick Saka gets in line passes and he just passes the ball 
far post. And actually, all three goals from the Watford game get on my <laughs> list of honorable mentions too. The Saka one-two flip, top Ched off the press, uh, the Martinelli goal off the Odegaard flake to Lacazette back. I mean, uh, they, all three of the goals are bangers. Uh, and then last honorable mention, Odegaard versus Brighton. It's a tough one because we lose that game, but an absolute bomb from about 40 out. Oh, yeah. Absolute bomb. Deflected. Now, running through all those, that's tough. There's a lot of good shots in there. And my my goal of the season is not the most flashy, but it's just emblematic of what I like to see. And it is Smith Rowe versus West Ham where he gets the ball out on the right wing about half and just keeps taking his pace, and West Ham just keep conceding, keep conceding, keep conceding. He walks up to the top box, and it's like, well, for sure, fuck it, if you're going to give it to me, just rips one Meg nuts on. I don't know if it's Tyron Mings or Dawson or who it is, but Meg, left-footed, straight into the corner. They don't. The goalie doesn't even move. <laughs> he literally just ran the entire length of the field and just passed it in the net. And I was, oh, yeah. And it's my favorite because I'm yelling, shoot it for about the last three touches. <laughs> I'm just like, just shoot it. Just shoot it. Just shoot it. Oh, let's go. Oh, yeah. So that one gets me going. There you go. Now you have a whole plethora of options. Yeah. Um, mine were not mentioned there. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, first honorable mention. It was a set piece, corner kick, I believe. Played on the ground to the top of the box. No. Cedric just no. lasers no. it in to the back of the net. Oh, lasers. Uh... Some say it was a cross. I'm counting it as a goal. A shot on goal. Meaningful, direct. What a strike by Cedric. Um... My second honorable mention, second honorable mention comes from the Wolves game. And it was scored by Jose Sa. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that too. We've discussed that we would like to give Lacazette credit for it. And he rightly deserves credit for it. But that goal goes to Jose Sa. Thank you, Jose Sa. For Thank our you. Arsenal that was a goal huge goal, and we got to celebrate and put our fucking nuts all over Ruben Neves and the rest of the lot. Who Connor Cody, celebrating too special hard. shout yeah. out, Connor Cody. Fuck off! I can't wait till you score and just run straight back to your position. Yeah, it won't be for England. Um, <laughs> and then. My actual, I could go, I could go on and name a few more as you did. Uh, I was a big fan of basically any goal that Martinelli, Smith, Rowe, O'Card, Arsaka scored. I mean, I cheered for the whole team, but most of those goals were just extra, extra. Can special. I guess? Um, I don't. Yeah, go for it. Is it? I don't remember who's against. 
but Saka gets the ball on the left wing and just bangs on with his left foot off the post. No. Far post. That's not who it is. I wanted to put that one on there too, but uh Well there was that Smith Row one touch finish. Did you mention that one? Is that the ball that uh it's like who's that against? I don't know. But my uh my goal of the season Chelsea is yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, he also scored that dope one against Brentford that I like. But my goal of the season is Odegaard's free kick goal. And part of that is because we don't see those nearly enough. Yeah. And it's nice to have him who, when he can take free kicks and hopefully... Maybe Cedric never takes a free kick ever again. So uh, I'm going to give that. Never dons the jersey ever again. That's harsh. Maybe we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm going to say Odegaard's free kick goal. I love. I have free kick goals have a special place in my heart, and um, that was a really good one. Because you never score them. Um, that's probably true. Not directly, but. Indirectly. I'll take, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Odegaard's goal is my goal of the season. Fair. Fair enough. I quite particularly enjoyed that goal as well. Obviously, you said, I enjoy all goals that are scored by us on the opposition, not ourselves. So. All right. Do we move on to the next segment? One particularly designed by one AFC Bex called Fuck One, Marry One, Kill One. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying these words about Arsenal players. But the premise, I'm assuming the Marry One is you 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 keep them? Yeah. The Fuck One That's is... That's a long-term relationship, friend. You like... You, you like, should know all about it. Mistress, you're about so to you're commit. Kind of flirting. And then the kill is you're just getting rid of. Yeah. 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 All right. That, that's that's you go. the promise. You go. Uh, name a player. Is that what I'm doing? Just naming a player? Yeah, you're keeping. Keeping or extending. Try to keep your breath. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name a player and then ask you if. No, what you're gonna do. no, you're going to keep a player, you're going to hold a player, and you're going to sell a player. Oh, okay. Um, or you want to ask. We can do it the other way. You do it the other I, way. I was going to say, basically, those are your three categories. And All right, you like, run me down. We assess the squad. With yeah, that. you run me down. All right. Um, well, we're going to start with the goalkeepers, naturally. And... Burn Leno's there. Gone. You're bringing in Matt Turner. Gone. What are you going to do? Gone. All Bye-bye right. now. He's, uh, he said that he's not leaving <laughs> in the news. Or he, he didn't say that. He disputed someone else saying he's already said his goodbyes. I don't know. I don't know. He gone. Ramsdale? No need to extend yet. Keep. Married to him. 
uh, I know what you think about this next character. He's already ready to put a ring on it. Cedric Suarez. Fuck Cedric. You can... I don't really care what happens. If you can get rid of him, that's fine. If you can make money, that's fine. If you don't have to pay him for two more years, that's fine. I mean, as much as I you know, talk down and give hate, he's pretty serviceable. As a replacement, not as a starter. I still think we need to Like one or two that. games. Like maximum every five. Yeah, one or two games every two months. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He needs to be a rotational player. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to go through everybody because some of these are pretty, pretty obvious. Uh, but I'm going to go through a couple that maybe we are bringing in options in their spot or their futures uncertain or something else. So Rob Holding. Saliba's coming back. You're going to have three star center backs. But... Holding's a difficult one. I think that if there are plans to move any of those other center backs into alternate positions to provide cover that's needed elsewhere, you have to keep Rob Holding. He's perfectly fine at playing games mid-table or lower opposition where we're going to dominate the ball. He's a good box defender. Aerially, he's fine. Shout out Rob Holding for your first goal. That's awesome. Um, Shout out Rob Holding for the hair. Yeah, the hair to hair transplant. Transplant. Nice. Looks good. Yeah, I, I think I think those are good points. Um, Valid points. But yeah, if Ben White's going to be used when Tommy's hurt at right back, or if Saliba will be used there, if we use a three back. I think he just provides adequate cover in the center back area. And he's not a egotistical, you know, he seems to get along well. No need to disrupt that with someone new if it doesn't need to be disrupted. Yeah. Good locker room guy. Yeah. Good in the presser too. Yeah. Funny lad. Um, okay. Sticking with defenders. Loan, Nuno Tavares. Loan, 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 loan. Are you bringing someone in? Should we just talk about transfers right now, too? I'm down with that. I think you have to loan, loan Nuno. And considering we're getting linked with the likes of Aaron Hickey and DeMarco, it's inevitable that... He'll be playing in the championship or somewhere where Mikel feels that he will get adequate opportunities to learn how to defend. I don't think Bundesliga would be all right here to be say, but somewhere where he's in a possession based team because he's not very good at holding the ball up either. He gives the ball away quite frequently, makes rash decisions. So I think a possession-based team where he can get that those opportunities on the ball, but he also is cognizant of defending as well. 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe something like that. Yeah. I don't disagree. I mean, maybe Brighton needs something after they get rid of Cucurella. I don't know. Oh, God. He's probably, there's no chance he's defensively styled enough to play for Graham Potter. Um, Granite Chaka. Ooh. I don't think we're in the position where we need to extend him, do we? He's got two years left. No, but you might want to get rid of him or. Yeah, I mean, if the money comes calling, I don't think he can turn it down on Granite Shaka, considering that he's been here, what, five years? And we've only deteriorated, really. I don't think he's getting any better. I don't, you know, I think he's probably run his time. That being said, I certainly see potential scenarios where the team is able to progress while Granit Xhaka is still playing a part. I just think his role has to be reduced slightly. Yeah. Even more than slightly, preferably, but it has to be reduced slightly if we're going to see the improvements that need to be seen. He could definitely be good Europa League guy next year. Oh, yeah, definitely good big minutes off the bench, Premier League games where we dominate the ball type deal. Giving players rest, but I think there definitely needs to be reinforcements in that area. Yeah, I actually don't think that we are in a position where we could let Granishaw could go. Yeah, I think there have to be reinforcements first. I mean, even if you, even if you do, or from what I've seen, the expectation is we sign a center midfielder. Which, if that's Tillemans, if he gets hurt, you can't just not like your backup from him can't be. Sammy and El Nitty. That yeah. that's what you had this season. I don't think either of them could play in eight. You've already tested it and didn't do it. Yeah. Well, I I still think there's room for Sammy to develop, but you can't go in there with the expectation that if someone got injured, Sammy so would be here's the back. <laughs> there's room to develop. I appreciate that, and there's time when you put a player in to develop. But you can't put him in a pressure cooker. That's not a conducive environment for development. Well, yeah. You have to be able to make mistakes. And at in a Premier League game, you can't make mistakes. I mean, that's just... it's As I said, it's not a conducive environment for development. So I don't think you can reasonably expect yeah. Sambi to be able to step in for a first-team starter in an extended period without hampering his development somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well... So I don't think you can let Granit Xhaka go because of that, because you'd probably need to buy at minimum two midfielders to do that. But speaking of him, Sambi Lakanga. I think Sambi can stay. 100%. So definitely get Europe. Definitely minutes there for him, for sure. And you can revisit it in January, January. if minutes have dried up. There's yeah. certainly a market for center mids of that quality any team i honestly think that he should probably go 
to the Bundesliga, but maybe in January, just because I think the physicality there is, will be, it's not the prem, but it's way better than most of the other leagues. And no championship, definitely something different than what he's seen in Belgium. No championship. You know, in his first interview, he went out about how different English football was in particular. And I'm pretty sure yeah. he was playing a championship club. But I think he's, I don't know. I almost think he's like, I think he's a tier above what you realistically want to send to the championship. Because he's already, pl- like, from what he did at Anderlecht, I know Anderlecht isn't super special. Probably not even that much better than the championship if even but like there's definitely the level of competition he has played in and he captained those sides Uh, i think it i don't know maybe that's just me making something up but that's my thought i i think he'd probably be better suited going to like bundesliga than anywhere else and i think you'd have you'd find it pretty easy to find a suitor in the Bundesliga. Okay. Who's next? Um, <laughs> the only guy left really, honestly. Well, I guess there's a couple, but Nicholas Pepe. What are we doing with him? I think you have to be willing to take a huge hit on Pepe this summer. You have to be. Yeah. I wonder who takes that chance. But I would agree. I don't I think I think if you got 25 for him it would be phenomenal. I think Pepe might be one that you know, plays out a long while into August. Just because there's going to be teams that get poached in August by teams who have been poached. You know, there there will be needs for attacking players come August. And especially with the World Cup, just the people have played so much recently. I think that there will be a need for someone like Pepe at a big enough club that will be able to fork out 25-30. I would be willing to take probably 20-25 for Pepe. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. this This was his what? This was his third season? Yep. He managed five starts. 20 appearances in the prem. Okay, so on his depreciation of his 72 million transfer, he's already used up 43 million of that. So his value basically stands at 28. And I don't know. 
I don't I guess I don't know the installments they worked out what that is but basically if you can cover your installments that you have left I think that's a win a big win probably and if oh well it's a fail it's it's a failure well I mean yes but it ties out nicely yes I think it's a win at this point because that value is 28 so that's of his value if you got 28 right now you would you wouldn't be happy the, of the whole situation but you would be happy at this point to get rid of that and get almost 30 million yeah well thankfully everton stayed up because they're always willing to come in and overpay so yeah fair 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 um here's one well so eddie basically i think he's I think he's I'm hoping that he's locked up. That's what it seems like. Uh, I think that's fine. Um, but here's a kind of this is I'm going to throw in a couple extra that aren't. I guess they're currently now back on the squad. But uh, first one is Ainsley Maitland Niles. You know, this is one that I'm going to separate as a player. I think Anthony Maitland Niles is serviceable 100% and could slide in it right back when Tommy Asset's not available and isn't as strong defensively, obviously, but in possession, you need to give Tommy a break against a lower team. He's definitely serviceable in possession outside. I think the problem is his attitude. And I'm not saying that he has a terrible attitude, but I don't think he's super enthusiastic about playing in the back. But I I don't know. This one might be one you just ship off to someone else and say, you deal with whatever the hell's going on here. Yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, you're good. I mean, but you're not prima donna good where you can be causing this much of a distraction at a club. Like you're not even a nailed on starter. So why are we worrying about where you're playing? Yeah. I think he does definitely be useful, but I I'm tired of talking about it and he needs to either decide that he's going to take a role player role with us, or he's going to find himself a new club because in the championship, he, he found he's he, probably a he, championship he, player in the midfield. I mean, maybe he could he go, maybe he could go to a different league. Um, I don't know, but he hasn't proven it because he took he asked to get out in January when we probably should have kept him, and he gets sent to he gets sent to Roma and plays less than he probably could have played with us because yeah. Cedric played the whole last bit of half of the season almost, and on the left side, Nuna was not tearing it up he could probably fit either of those roles and we were short on midfielders it's like dude you i I don't know i'm just i'm he just causes his own problems doesn't he i'm kind of over it i'm kind of over it that's uh that is my stance on transfers in general i suppose this summer is that there shouldn't be any convincing players that they want to come here it's either they want to or they don't that's, I think that's what Mikel wants in his players is full on buying into the philosophy and you're just a cog in the machine type deal. 
So that is one aspect of our outgoings that we have done well is cut off any negative influences in the dressing room. Yeah. And I'm not saying Maitland-Niles is one, but if you can't get along with them, there's quarrels with the manager. That's obviously not a good sign. Certainly in the going. news, he's in the media a lot more than he should be for how much he plays. For as because, a role player, yeah, exactly. Because I don't see Sambi in the news this much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know we just bought him, but I mean, like, yeah. Uh, okay, so I have one more. And then I have a question. All right? Yeah, sure. Real quick. Uh, the first one is Reese Nelson. Oh. This one's probably up to the player, if I'm being quite honest. It wouldn't be bad to have his depth behind Saka when you sell Pepe that you don't have to immediately replace him. Yeah. Which I know we have other players, like Emil Smith-Rowe could probably cover over there next season at some point. Um, but then you need cover on the left type deal. I, uh, there's rumors we're going to bring in a winger. Probably left, um, obviously, because Saka. But I would not hate to keep Reese Nelson. We have five subs in the Prem next season. Actually, every competition we're in next season. So I definitely think he could be get some minutes. It's Yeah, I think so, too. I think he started the second half of the season on loan, got to the final with them, played in the started the final. So I think it's up to him, too. Got a year left. You're probably not getting much. So... I, I would not hate it. I've always liked Reese Nelson, and I've always wanted it to work out for him. And he hasn't had problems like Maitland-Niles, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah, think I, he really wanted it to work out at Arsenal. It's he, He's just had injuries and other things. And Arteta said last year he effed up, and he probably should have played more. But Arteta was in a tough spot, too, because he also has to do everything possible to win. So he... Yeah or to try to, we couldn't develop every single player we have at once. So, Yeah, I think this one's pure that the player, if he wants to go and play, then I don't think we can stop him. I mean, I would gladly do what we did for Maitland-Niles, for Reese Nelson, any day, and just let him go, yeah. uh, if that's what he wanted. Now, was he, he's only, what, 21? Playing in the Conference League final like for Feyenoord. Didn't get off to the great start, but ended it pretty strongly. And there's still plenty of room for development at Reese. I mean, how many games has Reese played for Arsenal in the prep? Definitely double digits up there. Yeah. He's 22. His market value is 6 mil. Yeah, understandable. Man. Hasn't done, hasn't blown up anything. No. Um, career stats. I think my final take on Reese would be, if he wants to go, that's fine. I would certainly be okay with extending him if he still wanted to go. If he still wanted to be an Arsenal player, still wants to get you know, a shot in the team, you extend him and send him on loan from the, from the get-go. I'm I'm okay either way. I'm not too attached. I don't think it'll be he won't break the bank wage wise. You said good cover. 
it's it's it just comes down to the player. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, and this. What about the big one? Yeah, okay. this. Oh wait, what's the big one? Okay, well, you ask, and then I'll tell you the big one. Well, we had a question from uh, our social medias, so okay. I was gonna bring this one up. It kind of ties together with the squad a bit. Who asked? Might I? Might I ask? Oh, this is this is Teeny Chuamini thirty two. Oh, okay. What a name, Teeny Chuamini. Play on Chuamini, I'm guessing. Um, and they asked. What do we do with William Saliba? He's coming back from loan, but he says he wants to stay in Marseille. Or Marseille. Okay, that can is we, the big can one. We, is William Saliba. Okay. Well, perfect. There we go. Thank you, Teeny Chuamini32. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, he's on contract. I mean, I, I don't want to go to work, but that's who pays me, so I have to go to work. It's not that hard. It was pretty pretty basic logic, if you ask me. You're an Arsenal player. You've signed a five-year deal. You've used three of those years. You have two left. Simple math. I want to say. But he wants to play Champions too. League. I want to. Yeah, <laughs> I want to play in the Prem. Sign me. That's whatever. Ridiculous. Come. I tell you what. You got the experience in France, where it's easy. Now come and show you a top player where it's hard. Really earn that Champions League. If you don't earn it, I'm fine. That's fine. Sure. I'm sure Champions League play our teams will come calling at the end of next year after you get a year of Premier League experience. So I, yeah. As much as any player might want something, it's not a it's not a charity case. It's a business. Yeah, I uh, I agree. And a couple things. Um, he also really liked Saint Etienne. Hmm. Now he really likes Marseille. Yeah. I think he just likes playing football. Yeah. <laughs> and if we if he can do it at Arsenal, a team that he's been seen in pictures with as a young kid in their jersey, with the atmosphere that we have around our club right now, who's to say he's not going to love playing at Arsenal in a year's time? I mean, he's going to yeah, get plenty of game point. time. He just loves playing football. So yeah. That's all he wants. Yeah. The atmosphere is good here. The fans will love him. Uh, it, he just won Young Player of the Year in France. If Marseille owned him, how much would they ask for if we came in to buy him now? Yeah, I mean... 50 mil at minimum. I'm thinking they'd probably look at that Harry Maguire figure and be like, hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, my first thought there. is 70. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, William. You don't really have a say when you sign a contract. But I did see, I was reading today. Uh, I forgot where it was. I forgot where it was. But Marseille's president or whatever was acknowledging how much Arsenal had done for them 
in the last like year. And he was saying, we really like the player. We'd obviously want to buy the player. If we could work on that and find an agreement, we would do it. But we have to respect Arsenal because they've been good to us. With yeah. Guendouzi, uh, Kolasinac went there on a free. And they we loaned a 35 million pound euro, whatever, center back to them to basically get them into Champions League this season. They did us a favor developing him, but we've done them plenty. And I don't think now is a point where they could ask us for another favor and a reduced fee for one of the hottest French center back prospects in the world. <laughs> like that, that's that to be ridiculous. If we sold him for less money than we bought him for, even if he's never played for us, he just won French player of the year in the league where they finished second place only to the team, one of the most expensive teams in the world. So, so um, I don't think Marseille can afford him. I don't think you should worry about a thing, Teeny Chuamini, because I think Saliba is going to be back, and I think he's going to love playing at Arsenal. Can only hope, right? Can only yeah. hope. I mean, if not, we'll have to play fuck one, marry one, kill one again next season. Yeah, and I'm killing William Saliba every time. <laughs> wow, you can't say that. This is an Arsenal podcast. What? That means Someone's going to clip that. That means sell. That just means sell. Making my money back. All right, well, we already mentioned Aaron Hickey and DeMarco. Do you do you like any of those prospects? Uh, Aaron Hickey, I know it's just because of that's who's being touted, but Aaron Hickey sounds like a good opportunity. Um, everything I've seen is he's pretty two-footed. Would love to have someone like that uh, be able to play left and right back. I don't know how good he is defensively, especially in the Italian league. I'm a little worried about that because he could be playing some, some time on wing backs where you might not have the same defensive responsibility, obviously. And I don't think we need just another um, Nuno, but from what I have read, I have not watched him. He is better defensively. So if he, in that case, he would be an excellent asset because we definitely need cover at both fullbacks because Tierney can't stay healthy and Tamiyasu could not stay healthy at the end of the season. So you can't you can't have that going forward. So I I, I like Kiki. What about Fede Demarco? I haven't really seen that much, but I mean, if he improves our depth, I'm. I think I'm I'm okay with it. Fullback, it's it's not. I, I don't think there's a lot of fullback decisions that that the club could really make wrong at this point because I think they're you're just buying depth anyway, and anybody who is better at defending than Nuno, or or just better than Cedric, I think is fine. Yeah, I think in this one I'm I probably my preference is probably Hickey. He's got the age. Yeah, I'll do like his profile. Um, he probably be similar outlay to De, to, to Demarco, uh, but I don't think Demarco is very realistic. From what I read, he's an inner boyhood fan. 
you know, he's playing for his club. Um, I don't know if how he'll feel coming from playing to playing bit part to behind Tierney. Is he Italian? So, yeah. There's not many Italians that leave Italy. Yeah. So I'm not sure how feasible this is. Um, yeah. So Higgy looks nice. Looks defensively more proficient than Nuno. Um, had five goals, I think, in the Serie A this season, too, which is nice. A little, yeah. little uh, wing back that can get up and down and put them all in the net. Wouldn't help or wouldn't hurt. Certainly would not. So, any other players you like? I've seen re- rumors about Zinchenko recently. We've That's talked about I, that in the past. Yeah, I've been on board with for a long time. I really like Zinchenko as a player. I think he could do that Granite Jacker role extremely well. He does it for Ukraine. You don't get into Pep's squad without being able to, you know, receive a play a ball, long balls. You know, he's he's on set pieces for Ukraine. I know that they're not a perennial powerhouse, but still. You've seen him create some stuff at the Euros. And he slides in seamlessly in a city team. I see that as a huge improvement. And I don't think he cost a whole, whole much. I think it's more so convincing the player. Yeah. 25. Provides versatility, too. Yeah. Great wag. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'll just stick to the soccer. <laughs> Wise. Uh, well, I'll comment for you. Great wag. Yeah, I think he fits a good profile for the, to add to the team. Um, you add, as we just said, maybe with Shaka, you need to add two midfielders. If you added him and like a Tillman's, maybe they could. I think I think Sinchenko could get enough games where it would make it worth his time anyway, because midfield or defense he could cover honestly. Um, and I really think if you are going to buy players in this window that aren't necessarily top, top quality players, you have to buy players with some versatility that can play fit multiple roles if you need them to. So I think Sinchenko fits that mold perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Sinchenko would be a fast improvement on just the team. How much do you think he's worth? Anywhere between 20 and 30, probably. You're buying a backup. Like yeah. it's a title team. I think that's fair if he has two years on his contract. I don't know what his contract is. Um, All right. Other players. Who else have we been linked to in recently? Strikers. Everyone that's out there we've quiet. been linked to. <laughs> pretty quiet on that front, really. Seen some rumors flying around about Serge Gnabry ever since the Mane news broke after the Champions League final. I'm not sure how much merit that has. It's obvious he's an Arsenal fan. He rocks the kids on holiday. All that, he's got the connection. But does he does he really want to leave Bayern, who are Champions League contenders, favorites for the league? Do you want to leave that for a project? I think he's only got one year left. I think they're going to push him out. But what does that mean? 
I don't know if Arsenal can afford him anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one's one to sit on here, say. We'll see if it gathers steam. But right now, I think it's just, oh, he turned down his deal. Arsenal return. Yeah. What about last one? The Yori Tillman's rumors flying around. We mentioned it earlier. I mean, I would also take him. I think during the and there's a moment where I need to reflect a little because I think the there's quite a few times I've watched him play this season and I I probably slighted him because of how bad Lester were. I think that plays into it, and I was just in the moment like, oh, he's have he's not playing good. But I know before he went to Leicester, I wanted him to come to Arsenal. So, and I mean, he he's, he does a lot of the things that we need a midfielder to do. So I, I think he's a good fit for us and could definitely help us out. And uh, one of the big things he has in his locker is he's kind of pretty good against press, press resistant and can knows what to do with the pass under pressure, which I really like because Jock has been caught on the ball quite a bit and he's been better at it, but still, it, I think it would be nice to have. And so let's see, he's got three, six, 12, 18 goals in his four seasons in the Prem. That's just Premier League. Yeah. So I, that's one definitely thing I like some, about. Tillman's is his press resistance as well, but he's also a threat from anywhere within 20, 25. He's and that opens up so much once you get into the small areas of the pitch where defense tighten up. The, someone's going to have to step out or else you're going to give him free reign of the goal. That dude can strike a ball and put it where he wants it. How many goals do you think Granite Shack has scored? In his Premier League career, eight, eleven, and he's been here six years. Six years. So I mean, instantly you upgrade your offensive ability. Uh, I think he's a great passer too, which would definitely help in that regard. Um, and I, I still think there's room for Shaka if you didn't get like a Zinchenko as well because uh, Tillman's I mean no one can play every game no one can play every game Bukayo Saki can play every Premier League game but no one else can play every Premier League game I don't know you just have to the, this is we have to be building depth as well we cannot have a season derailed because a couple players go out well that's one and thing I, too I, is Bukayo yeah. can't play every game every yeah. year so there's going to have to be some reinforcements up front too we know that but Granichak that played every game in the Premier League 17-18 season. Yeah, nice. Apparently everyone can if their name ends in Aka. A cheeky fifth place finish. Probably measured in six. Was that six? Seven assists that season. But yeah, I, I think Tillman's would be a very good signing. Especially you can get him a little cut rate price because of his contract. 25-30 mil. I think that's not bad. All right. Well, on to 
our final segment, just other soccer news. Champions League final, slight, you know, minor thing that happened this past weekend. Did you watch Beckett? I did watch. I did watch. Oh, yeah. I right. watched you with sitting it next to you. Yeah. That's right. Forgot we shared that. a picture. Must have been the beers. Of the pitchers. <laughs> we had a better time than the fans outside, that's for sure. Yeah, that's guaranteed. I was able to enjoy my beer in peace. Yeah. Sticky situation, that. Probably falls on the organizers, but they'll, they won't let you know that. Now, I'm sure there will be some sort of investigation into it, but... Scenes in the game were nice, though. (laughs) Yeah, they were. Well, let's stick to the footy. Keep it in your pants. She's not even South American. Yeah. It's close, he says. So you Scousers are basically Londoners. Close enough. Yeah, true. Very good point. Rebellions are built upon ignorance. Wait, rebellions are built on hope. Yeah, that's it. Cuban? No. You don't believe in the force, do you? (laughs) Yeah, I knew it. Not close. All right, anything else we want to talk about? We've only spent an hour and a half. We don't have a good relationship with Cuba. So how am I supposed to know? He says no, so that should do it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Ignorance, man. That's that's... Um, Just want to give a quick shout-out to at AFC underscore Bex on Twitter for really boosting our engagement by chatting it up with some intelligent and less so intelligent fans out there on social you media. You digress. So give him a follow. <laughs> Go chat shit back to him. It's funny. I enjoyed scrolling through his thread and chiming in every once in a while. You can also follow me too at at Gunner13. The U is a V. G V N N E R one three, and follow our entire page at Cannonside Chats on both Instagram and Twitter. Anything else about it you can add? Yes, thanks for joining us, and we hope you listeners out there in Nigeria, oh yeah, keep up the enthusiastic listening. Let's boost us back up to top ten over there. We'd really appreciate it. We're big fans of Alex Wobie over here. All right, and that being said, I'm also going to get go get some dinner right now. Some chicken chili. What about you, Beckett? What's on the menu? Thanks for joining us, folks. Beckett's going to be uh, drinking his collars tonight, it seems. Lovely way to go. (laughs) 
represent. Can I get a come on you gunners? And I'll end it. Let's go. We'll see you guys again next week. We'll probably mix it up throughout the summer. Do another season recap with Sam so we can have. I have no idea. Maybe delve into some sensible signings. They come in pints. Transfer profiles, maybe individual player profiles. Break down individual games. Some tactic specials. All that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's it. An exciting summer planned. Stay tuned, and we'll see you guys next time. Come on, you gunners.